Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Women Project. I am your co-host, Jen Amos, and really excited to have you here and really excited to dive into our next interview in this episode. But before I do, as you always know, I like to believe at this point, but if not, if this is your first time listening, I like to dive into a couple of announcements before we get started. First of all, in season two of the Filipino American Woman Project, we have announced that we have a brand new website. You can get all the show notes, details on our guest, and as well as how to get a hold of Nani and I at tifaproject.com. That's T-F-A-W as in the Filipino American Woman project.com tfaproject.com t-f-a-w project.com bookmark that save that remember that (laughs) secondly we love engaging with you and as active as we are on instagram we are providing other options for our guests to engage with us especially if you're maybe not an instagram user and also nani and i may not always be available to be engaging with you on Instagram because you know, healthy boundaries are important. And even for us, we need to take a break from social media every now and then. However, if you wanna engage with us and maybe you want a faster response from us, consider texting us or leaving us a voice message at our new phone number, 415-484-TIFA. So once again, that's 415-484-TIFA. Oh my goodness, I just have to say though, if you heard me talk about that number in the past episode, I extremely apologize, I got that number wrong. I was saying 8239 when I really meant to say 8329. I feel like for some of you, you have you have probably text messaged us and we may not have received it. So please update your phone numbers. I sincerely apologize. Our phone number now is 415-484-8329. Also, one thing that you'll notice in this upcoming episode is that we point out a lot of things in this episode that may require that you see us via video. So if you want to see us via video and you wanna get the updates on that because we are working on our YouTube channel, please sign up for our newsletter at tifaproject.com. Once again, that's tfawproject.com. Subscribe and uh, as we start to roll out our YouTube channel, you will get the details you need to actually watch this interview via video. And of course, this show would not be possible if it weren't for our sponsors. You can learn more about our sponsors by checking out the show notes of this episode. But one of the sponsors I love talking about frequently, simply because I get asked quite often, Jen, how did you start a podcast? What web hosting service should I even use? So with the Tifa Project, we have decided to house our show on Captivate.fm, in which you can get the direct link to that in our show notes. So for if you are a podcaster and you're looking to start a show and you really just don't want to get into the hassle of putting together a website, Captivate.fm is the site for you. Instead of telling people, hey, check out our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you just want to send them to one website such as ours, consider Captivate.fm as your web hosting service. They do offer a seven-day free trial, so you can learn more about that in the show notes or you can check out our website, as I will mention a lot, at tivaproject.com and check out the template that we use for our website, thanks to Captivate. Now, the last thing I wanna mention is that with every show, we are very candid on how we do these conversations. And so I just want to ask for your grace as I normally do, or even just thank you in advance actually, because in this next episode, you will have some wonderful ambiance in the background from Pinky Guerrero's family. So this is a real, a raw, a candid conversation that almost didn't happen actually. We almost had to cancel last minute. So please enjoy and thank you in advance for your grace with our audio as always. We're just so grateful that the conversations that we've had on the show have been more impactful to you so much that 
I really haven't gotten a complaint on our audio yet. So thank you all so much for your time and please enjoy this next conversation with Pinky Guerrero. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another incredible episode of the Filipino American Woman Project on video. (laughs) Yeah, we are stoked. So what we're doing, one of the new things we're doing on the show is we're asking our guests ahead of time if they would feel comfortable recording their video. And so we're really excited to have our guest on here today. But before I really talk about how amazing she is and introduce her, I want to bring on my incredible co-host, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hello, everyone. You look really comfortable and your background is just like lit and romantic looking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. Mine's just like, mine's just like my bedroom. Yeah, this is like my office. I need to figure out what to do with my background because it's just, now that I'm doing video, I'm like, okay, I should probably do something about that, the blinds and, and whatever. I just like swept my mess into another room. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not all it's cracked up to, to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we're super excited because we get to interview another incredible woman in our community. And so I want to introduce you all to Pinky Guerrero. Pinky Hello. is, you may not notice or you may not know this, but Pinky is a mother of three. She is a digital audience strategist and a Filipino ambassador of Goodwill. And another fun fact is that she was a Royal International Miss Philippines 2020, just this year. Mm -hmm. Pinky, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're really excited considering how we thought last minute this was not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, gotta roll with the punches. It's so good. Keeps on our toes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Pinky, why don't we start with you sharing how did you hear about our project and what compelled you to be on our show and share your story? Yes. So I heard about you guys through the Panayista community as well as on your Instagram. And I just love that your mission is to promote and uplift and empower women. And I think that's what we need more of in this world today. And so I knew that I wanted to be a part of it some way, somehow. Yeah. I love that when women, when anyone really hears about our show and they're like, oh, I want to contribute to that too. It's like, yes, yes. we want you. We need women. you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because we, you know, we've come to find, or at least Nani and I, like through this journey, it's really started to become a collective effort of mm-hmm. you know people wanting to be on the show, share their stories, share their resources. And we're really just facilitating it at this point. We're just like, okay, <laughs> we're just here for it. <laughs> yeah, we're here for it. We're here for it. And I love it. So the Filipino American Woman Project, the way that we identify Filipino American women are those who are individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify mm-hmm. as female. So Pinky, why don't you share a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman? Yes. So my family, both my parents immigrated from the Philippines in the 80s to Mm. America. And of course, they all had the same vision of living the American dream and wanting to thrive and be successful and provide a better future for not only us here in America, but for their family in the Philippines and really guide that path for them. Mm. So and that's how I identify. I, I know my roots. I know my culture and that I really appreciate what my parents had sacrificed to come to America to provide for this life that I now have. And I hope one day that I can hopefully help my family that's still left in the Philippines to come, you know, bring them here, have them live the American dream and really initiate that process. Yeah, for sure. Were you born and raised in America? I was, yes. I was born in Queens, New York, and then was raised in Chicago. And now I now live in Arizona. And I've only been to the Philippines once. And that was going to change. We were actually in the process of doing our passports to go travel this year. And then of course, everything happened. And so it's been postponed, but we are hoping to go to the Philippines and take the kids and the whole family. So yeah, for sure. How long did you live in Queens, New York? 
I lived there until I was six and then okay. I moved to Chicago and then I was there until I was about 13. And then I consider Arizona home because this is kind of where I experienced anything and everything, I guess you can say. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I know I lived in California for about 20 years and I like to tell people that I was not like born there, but I was essentially right. raised there because I went to school there since yes. I think like fifth grade and mm -hmm. you know, I went to college there and I had my first jobs there and I got yeah. fired for the first times there and my mom <laughs> is still there, you know, so oh, that's yeah. really like my home base. Should I yeah. uh, ever consider any anything anywhere? A home base at the moment. But no, I think that's really awesome. I've never really like lived in Arizona. I think we like mm -hmm. driven through it. And I think my mom had real yeah. estate there back in the day. But what's, what's <laughs> the vibe in your town? What What is like if people oh, come geez. to Arizona, what do you tell them? Okay, so it's funny because Goodyear is like a, we always say we're the city right before you go to California, which is true to go to California, you pass Goodyear. And literally okay. Goodyear is where the tires were made. Literally, oh, yeah. We used to say it as a joke, but when you look into the history, it literally was where the Goodyear tires were formed. Yeah. We are 30 minutes from the city, so I live in like the suburbia area and more of like farmland is what they like to call mm. it. But I love living out in Egypt is also what we call it. It's just because you're surrounded by mountains and you're just not near the city. And it's just a completely like chill, mm. very family vibe, you know, and it still has its like natural beauty without too many like buildings or restaurants or anything like that you still kind of have to drive out to like experience all that stuff but I mean Goodyear is slowly growing so yeah it's bittersweet it's got its bittersweet moments for sure you know I used to think that I would enjoy the city life and yeah. for some time in San Diego I mainly had lived in the suburbs till I moved to downtown San Diego with my husband for like a year mm -hmm. and as much as I really love that like right now we live in the suburbs essentially and I'm just like you know what I like it it's like it's quiet yeah and if I want to go somewhere I mean now can, nowadays I yeah. can't really do that but you right. know it's like <laughs> it feels like a fun adventure to actually like mm -hmm. drive out somewhere where like when we used to live in downtown and there'd be parties going on you just hear people like just yeah loud people like drunk people at two o'clock at night and I'm just like I don't know like yeah I, just... I mean there's days I'm like I would love to live in the city of Phoenix like more like overpopulated and just see more of like the nightlife but I also love coming to like the secluded area and just like being tucked into like the desert and the mountain and just having that serenity in a sense but yeah. then like you said being able to drive out and like experience like the nightlife or I can go up north and see <laughs> snow and just kind of like it's a drive, but it's a drive that I don't mind taking. Plus, I mean, I'm like four hours away from California. I mean, that's like, what's better than that? I mean, we're literally <laughs> the point to go anywhere at this area, I guess. Yeah. I love it. And I think when you're living in a, you know, kind of considered a, a touristy or popular mm -hmm. area, you take it for granted, I think. Yes. So it's nice to actually live in the suburbs and be like, okay, let's go out there and yeah. to the city and let's appreciate it. I actually never yeah. really saw it that way until we had this conversation. So that's why I'm kind of like, <laughs> kind of like beating the dead horse right now. I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually like a good idea. Like why you should yeah. live in the suburbs. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not, it's not too bad. <laughs> I'm a city girl, so I can't speak. I would love to. <laughs> I'm used to living in the suburbs, but every time I have, I, you know, always kind of gravitate back towards the city yeah. naturally. So yeah, it's for just sure. a force of habit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're just drawn to it. Well, Pinky, since we are already talking a little bit about where you live, for people that are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you just share a snapshot of your life today, particularly what keeps you busy or excited about life nowadays? Yeah. So I guess I'll kind of talk about pre-COVID and then 
yeah, COVID. That's a good idea. <laughs> so yeah. So before COVID, I worked for the Arizona Coyotes for the hockey team and I worked in hockey development and we are like a big sports family, very like outdoorsy. So we like to go snowboarding. My kids, we all play hockey. My kids all play soccer. So we're very like active in a sense. So typically that's what usually keeps me busy is all the sports, all the kids activities and whatnot. We do a lot of play dates, but then during COVID and after COVID, obviously everything kind of just got canceled in a sense. So yeah. I'm not really doing any sports right now. The NHL isn't running. I'm working from home. I'm still finishing up college. I graduated college during the pandemic, which was crazy, wow. but um, I still have like Congrats. four electives. <laughs> I still have like four electives. So I'm just finishing those electives up right now. And then that's kind of just like all we've been doing. We've been crafting a lot and really it actually gave me kind of like a sense of like appreciation for time, right? Because mm. I was such a on-the-go mommy. I literally, if like I'm showing you my calendar right now, don't judge me, but we <laughs> literally live off of like, I'm going to show you like what April would have looked like. So that's what Girl. April. Oh my yeah, so everything is color-coded. And then obviously when the pandemic happened, that all got deleted and mm. it made me appreciate the time that I had and like my relationships because not that I'm stuck with my family, but I was technically stuck with my kids and my family and where I'm used to like Monday, Saturday, Wednesday, we're at soccer. We no longer had that. Like I had to re figure out our new routine. schedule, a new, yeah, yeah, our new routine. And so it completely threw us off. So going from a busy mom to just like a, I just work my like eight to four. And then after that, I'm like a mom and wife, which is like rare. Normally I'm like a mom and wife on the go. And mm. I'm only like a mom. That sounds really bad. Like I'm like a mom, like at <laughs> night, you know what I mean? Yes, like it yeah. just like our schedule just like went crazy, but I learned to appreciate it because now like I get to see and hear and actually like communicate and not like in a rush. Like I'm actually like embracing this moment because I didn't do that before. Like we were just like, oh yeah, mm. quickly tell me about your day. How was it? Great. We have soccer. Get your cleats on. Let's go. Like that was kind of the vibe. So yeah. 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 I'm sure that that transition was probably an, an interesting experience. I, I'm curious if, yeah, I'm curious if like you kind of got like, like was there a point in that transition where like, okay, I just got to slow down. And yes. I got to reevaluate. And what was it like to go through that? Like, did, were you thrilled yeah. about that at first? Or did you like fully embrace it in a positive way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you I'm like not mourning your old life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I thrive off of a busy schedule. I feel like I'm more productive when I have my calendar, like organized ABCD, whatever. And I know what I'm doing. And then when I have those gaps of like in between, like I'm not doing anything. I still feel productive. Like I'm able to do the house chores and the house can be clean and all that yeah. stuff. But when all of that kind of like faded away, I felt like I was not being productive, that mm. my time wasn't being utilized enough. And I have really bad anxiety. And so like I was mm. suffering from like really bad anxiety of like, I am not utilizing my time. I'm not utilizing my energy. And it was driving me insane. But then I realized, like I said, I think it was like a blessing in disguise that it made me like understand and be more compassionate of the situation that's going on and really like embrace like my kids are like how old are they oh my god don't judge me 10 <laughs> 9 and 6 and like it made me like really embrace the fact that like they're not going to be 10 9 and 6 forever you know what mm. I mean and so like actually having like longer conversations not that I didn't sit and talk with them but it made me like sit there more longer as my six-year-old carries the puppy Hi. <laughs> sorry I'm like what is she oh I can't even, I didn't see that my baby camera. and puppy yeah, to, like puppy. totally expand the video so I could see that I have like oh, I have so you guys good. like on a tiny screen so like, <laughs> and I have my notes in front of me so I feel it's like all good. Focus and stuff, no but. but yeah like it did give me a different perspective for sure and it's one that I've grown to now be okay with and I'm just kind of, again, like trying to learn and like go with the punches and really like accept it yeah. in a positive way and not really take yeah. it as like 
I'm a bad person. I'm not doing it right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm just like, you know, we're rolling with the punches. We're doing the best that we can. And the best is all that we can do. So that's my yeah. mantra right now. You're doing the best that you can do and you're, you're surviving or you're thriving yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, think we all definitely felt that way at the beginning of the pandemic too. Like all yeah. of our kind of regular routines and schedules were uprooted and we were all just like, Oh, I feel like I'm at a standstill. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole working from home thing, it's kind of like, there's no on and off button. Mm -hmm. There's no time to get up and commute back home, you know? So you just end up working around the clock or doing whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And then feeling super burnt out and yeah. Find that new kind of pace, you know? Right. And I feel like this was actually the first time in a long time, because I had trouble sleeping in general, Mm -hmm. that I actually got a full like eight hours and like actually like slept, slept and not like, oh, now I can rest. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I didn't like, I didn't know what that felt like because I would always be like staying up late doing homework and I would go to bed at like early in the morning or whatever. And I actually would like go to bed with my family, eat dinner with my family and I'm like, this is great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I tried to do that with a busy schedule, but at times like, you know, I'm like, okay, like I'll just join in later or quickly eat and then send them off to bed and finish eating type thing. And I'm like, man, I really am enjoying this different like perspective on my time now, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a time where a lot of people are kind of reevaluating how they define their worth. I have a girlfriend where when this all started, she was struggling with self-worth because she was like, you know, I've been so used to being productive in front of people and getting praised for it. And now I don't get that as much. And so Mm -hmm. like, what am I useful for? Right. (laughs) You know, my family and I, we're very active in our community. So we volunteer all the time. So like three days out of the week, we're volunteering out in the community. And so having everything that we were like doing so diligently out in the world just get you know scrapped taken away we were just like oh my god but what about the people that we were taking care of like what about like the nonprofit needs like what about like we were just like worried genuinely worried about like what now you know what I mean but then we also had to put ourselves first and make sure that we were also safe and healthy because then if we're not self safe and healthy then like you can't help anybody else we can't do what we're doing right and so that was like a big like thing that I had to chew because I was not okay with that I was like it's fine we can go out there and do whatever he was like like no the world is like get sick sick, then that's it then nobody can help nothing can happen I'm like okay yeah (laughs) I think that we can all relate to that and hopefully by now what is it like two and a half months into quarantine now or I guess Mm -hmm. quarantine is technically starting to be over in a lot of places and so I know in Arizona things are open right so it is yeah it is even ish yeah ish yeah yeah so now that we've kind of found this new routine at home, now we have to uproot it again and start figuring yeah. out how to incorporate real life back into our routines again at, mm-hmm. with this like new normal. So right, it is interesting to see how everyone is adjusting, but I like that you guys kind of, you seem like you've taken a really like positive attitude to it and really- I mean, I'll, I'll be real with you. I'm in therapy. So I mean, like <laughs> I, I, t- I talk to oh, my therapist every, every other week and I tell her my of fears course. of like the world and yeah. then she oh, builds me back in and it's funny because I have a little post-it note here it says like say yes to yourself and that was something I, I wasn't oh, I doing that. I was I was not saying yes to myself I would mm. always be like 
I'm the type of person that I will give unconditionally, even if I am mentally, emotionally, physically exhausted. But that's just the type of person I was like raised to be. And so I'm still learning to like not be that person right now, especially the supporter. Right. And so like with this downtime, I'm really trying to embrace it to like take care of myself because I never did that self care. So yeah, now you have the time to do that. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. (laughs) Were you in therapy before? Did you just seek that out? Like in this quarantine time? Um, I mean, I've been in therapy for like probably about a year and it kind of just goes back into like my backstory, I guess, and like why I've been in therapy. And it's just something that I've been continually going in and out of. And we can dive into that whenever like you guys are ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're diving into it. We'll do it right okay, now. We're ready. Yeah. Into it. We're ready. Okay. So, so my favorite, one of my favorite things of the show and like is, is usually one of the last questions, which is really sharing a life lesson and a story behind that lesson. Mm-hmm. And since we're already alluding to it anyway, we're just like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So Pinky, the life lesson that you wanted to share today is to move through the world with compassion and honesty as your guides. I'd love for you to elaborate on that and share, you know, what part of your story has led you to this life lesson that you live by? Yeah. So I've made it like my mission in a sense on all my social media platforms to share my story. It was one that I was actually 100% embarrassed about, would never share. And I don't know if you guys can relate, but being from like a very strict Filipino household, getting pregnant out of wedlock was always like frowned upon. It was mm. always just like Sean yeah. saying like, don't do it. Don't be like that, blah, blah. Oh, like yeah. that's going to oh, be, looking, you know, make us look bad, you know? And so for the many years that I've grown up, my parents have always like paved this road for you. Right. I don't know if you guys can relate, but they've always paved this road for me. Like either be a nurse, an engineer, a doctor or whatever. Like we're paving this road. We came to America to give you this life follow that path that Take we, we're, we're digging it. This opportunity. It. Yeah. Right. Like right. you just follow it. You just shut your mouth, you go. And so I was doing that. You know what I mean? I was 100% doing that. I was abiding and I was not that I'm saying I was a bad daughter, but I I was listening. But there was also part of me that was like, I want to flourish as my own person. I want to learn and experience things for myself. And I know I have potential to do other things in life. And my dad was battling cancer for 16 years. And in 2008, he lost his battle to cancer. During that time, my family went through a lot of different things. So growing up, I don't know if you guys can relate to this. My mom and I did not have a great relationship. We did not have a line of communication that just wasn't us. But my dad and I were completely different. My dad and I were open books. We could talk to each other. We could, you know, speak about anything and everything. And it was okay. When he died, I lost all of that. I didn't have my person to go talk to. I didn't have whatever that was. Right. And the home that we lived in went to foreclosure. We ended up living Mm. with family and just a lot of hardships. I was working three part-time jobs to make sure that I can like help provide for my family and my mom and make sure it bounced with my school schedule. And then of course, at that time frame, I was mentally and emotionally unstable. Like the loss of my dad, my best friend, my confidant, who I talked to, like my in-house therapist, if you will. Yeah. Gone. And then I no longer had that. And in our family, we weren't allowed to show emotion, right? Like there was not a lot of like feelings and whatnot. And so crying was okay. But then it was like to the point they're like, okay, that's it. You're good. It, it's happened. It's Get done. Over it now. We have to move yeah. over. We have to continue life. But I couldn't like, that was like a deep cut that I could not get rid of, you know, and witnessing him pass made it even harder for me because it was a traumatizing experience. Yeah, one that yeah. we also didn't talk about. We just kind of were like, it happened. Yep. We shove it under the rug. Yep. Life moves on. And so I obviously started out with the wrong crowds and, you know, started like ditching school, ditching work. And then I ended up getting pregnant at 19. Wow. And of course, again, being in a strict Filipino household that was frowned upon, my mom gave me two options, either get an abortion or I could leave. And at wow. that time being 19, you know, like I'm at the height of my career, I'm doing pageants, I'm acting, I'm, you know, doing three jobs, going to college. 
I obviously was not prepared to be a mom at 19. I mean, I don't think anybody ever really is, but in my head, I was just hoping like, please God, like just let her accept this. We can work through this together and then we'll come over it on the bright side. But of course, like she was still very adamant about like, this is frowned upon. We built this life for you and you're just going to throw it away and all this Mm. stuff. And so I was like, okay, well, I I guess I'm leaving. And so I became homeless. And luckily my boyfriend then, who is now my husband, stepped up which many don't do and so oh my god yes whisked me away to las vegas and we kind of lived from like family to family and just kind of like tried to figure out our life and going back into my roots of like compassion and honesty and really like honing that in i was really embarrassed of that because i would never want to share that right i would never want to say like oh yeah i was like 19 i got pregnant i was homeless i struggled i suffered i failed right mm. but I now embrace it because it made me who I am today. I'm stronger because of that. And now I have a home, three children. Like I crawled to get here, but I knew like this is where I was supposed to be, if that makes sense. Like this is something that I would never change. I would never change how my life ended up or how I got here, how the struggles that I had endured. That's something that I'm, I'm really proud of now. And Along with that, I utilize my platform and my voice and I share it with people in the community. So I work with a lot of nonprofits and I mentor a lot of women who come from similar backgrounds who are fleeing domestic violence, sexual abuse, drug Mm. abuse. And I mentor them to find stability and independence and then bring them back out into like the real world. And just to kind of show them like it can be done. Like, yes, I got pregnant at 19. Yes, it took me like a bajillion years to finish school. Yes, it took me a lot of like a bajillion different resources to get a house and whatever. And yes, I was on food stamps. Yes, I was on WIC, but those are things that I'm not embarrassed about because it takes Mm -hmm. a village and it takes a lot of resources to get back on your feet. And that's one that I'm willing to share with anyone and everyone. I just was thinking about uh, when you were originally talking about your dad in the beginning of the story, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like he was really your like safety or your security kind of your safe place to land when you felt, Mm -hmm. you know, scared or insecure or whatever about the world at a young age and you lost him and, you know, you weren't able to fulfill that relationship with your mom or with anybody else really. And so that obviously had a really traumatic effect on you, but Mm -hmm. I can tell like the work that you've put in and all of the effort that you've made to find that security and look at you now, like you have a beautiful home, a beautiful family, a beautiful active family that's like active in your community Mm -hmm. and giving back constantly. And I can just see, you know, in the short amount of time that we've been talking right now how far you've come and how much work thank you you have behind you so I just want to praise you for that I appreciate that yeah for as long as I can remember my dad had always told us like it takes a village to raise you guys right and so he never made us forget the people that helped raise us that made us who we are today and that's something that I carry over and he was very involved in the community as well and so with that I wanted to continue to instill that not only in my life but in my children's life even if they didn't meet him And there's always that saying, I don't know if it goes with you guys too, but they always say like when somebody passes, someone's reborn. Mm. And when my dad passed, I ended up having a son and everyone said that that was not from my dad, but it was just like a, like a gift or reincarnation, like someone that like, Uh, he kind of blessed me with him because he knew I needed somebody. It's a way for you to pass on his legacy and let it live on. And so we actually named him after my dad. His middle name's my dad's name. Yeah. And so so all of my kids know our story. All of my kids know that we struggled to get to where we are and that this wasn't served on a silver platter and that we have to work hard. But not only with that, but what with our platform and what we now have, we can now give back to the community who helped us get to where we are. So we completely believe in giving back tenfold because without those yeah. nonprofits, without those resources, without the people we wouldn't be me, here, we wouldn't be yeah. here, you know? And so who am I to say like, oh, I'm done now. Thank you for helping me. Like, no, like yeah. I want to give back 
and make sure that Pay everyone forward. who took care of yeah. me yeah, is now okay and continue that and teach my kids that that's the important thing and that's what their Lola Rudy would have wanted them to do as well. Yeah. yeah, and that's beautiful instead of, you know, the traumatic way that your mom kind of was just like, this is the mm-hmm. path that I laid out for you, just follow it, you know, you're right. showing your kids, like, and, the yeah. actual work that it takes to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. And not to, like, bash on my mom, because, you know, like, we always say now, now when we all talk about it, that this was a blessing in disguise, that we needed this to happen, because it opened that relationship for my mom and I. Now my mom and I can sit and chat like this, just completely mm. casual and oh, have this great relationship. And she loves being a grandma. She, she's <laughs> like, can I pick up the kids? Like, where are they? Let me talk to them. I don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah. you know, she, she, it's completely changed, but yeah. it needed to happen. I just sometimes wish it wasn't as traumatic as it was. Yeah. But then again, like, I'm grateful for that opportunity because it made me who I am today and it made her who she is now today. And she's an incredible supportive woman now. And she knows, like, I talk about the story very often and in like the community and we all have our faults right so like it was something that we all had to experience to learn and grow yeah of course and she only knows you know what she knew from her life right. experience and she was trying yes. to do the best that she could to provide 100%. for you and she was probably just so scared for you that mm-hmm. she wanted you to just obey you know and right we can, yeah we can all understand that but sometimes it takes these really hard experiences to go through to you know, let us kind of step out of our own vision and gain some right. perspective, I guess. Right. And that's kind yeah. of what ties into like me going to therapy. I would have, there's dates that trigger a lot of like memories for me that give yeah. me like full fledged panic attacks. So like one mm. would be the days leading down to my dad's death. Cause I was there when he passed away. I was there when he took his last breath. Wow. I can literally envision the exact moment mm. when it happened time yeah. by time. I can look at the time and remember each scenario and then another time frame is when the moment my mom found out I was pregnant and I got kicked out, I can vividly remember the exact moments that it all happened, how I got kicked out, like just everything. And so for the longest yeah. time, I would shove it because that's what I was used to. We weren't allowed to talk yeah. about feelings. I would shove Sweep it under, it under a rug, the rug. Yeah. and you just suck it up and you go about your day. But then it was taking a toll on me because I couldn't be the healthy, good mother I could be for my kids. And I couldn't be a loving, supportive wife to my husband because I was carrying these emotions of like negativity and like feeling like everything's always my fault. Like yeah. I, I'm always quick to be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. When it's like, I, I'm not in control of COVID. I didn't cause COVID, like I'm right. yeah. in quarantine, <laughs> but I'm not the one saying like, we have to be locked down, but I would yeah. always find reasons to be like, it is me, I am at fault. And so that's yeah. kind of like what tied in everything that, so I've been going off and on for a year. And that, that was the whole reason as to why it was just that there was a lot of traumatic experience that led to it. And there's still things that I need to figure out and sort out. But along the way, I'm really transparent and raw and real about it. That like, yeah. I mean, cause obviously social media has a way of glamorizing like what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to look like. Obviously we post what we want people to see, right? But they don't know like the nitty gritty details. And yeah, so that's how kind we're of like getting where, there. Right. Yeah. So I kind of try to promote the whole fact of like, this is the ugly, this is the beautiful side of my life that you see on Instagram, but I'm gonna tell you the real details. This is how it all unfolded. This is how it all happens. Yeah. And so like be okay with it and really embrace it and really to just embrace your journey and share your story and be confident about it. Yeah. I want to just slow down for a little bit and yeah. uh, Pinky really just uh, applaud you for Oh, thank you. Like, first of all, your story and how you grew from it. I mean, I feel like I'm getting emotional just talking to no, like, slow it down. Do it. <laughs> I was like, we're going to speed up so that we could just like get through this. But like, I really think we need to take a moment to really just digest like everything you've been through. And it's so beautiful that you have taken that pain and made it into your story to share to other people. You know, they say, you know, you make your mess into your message. 
And so, you know, everything you went through, and I could only imagine how traumatic it was to, you know, have been with your father for those last 16 years of surviving cancer to finally that final day. It sounds like your dad just set like a powerful foundation for you. You know, he set the Mm -hmm. standard for what like unconditional love is. And so I can tell, I can feel it from you, like how hard it was to lose him. And I think, you know, for me, I think about even my own relationship with my dad. I had lost him when I was really young, but the, the, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, you know, from one loss, you know, from one fatherless daughter to another, you know, I just want to let you know that I see like what you've been through. I mean, obviously I will never experience what you've been through, but I can feel like what you've been through and how you've worked through it and how you just have this mission to just keep putting yourself out there because what I have found for myself, and I think you act this way as well from what I can tell is like, it's so healing for you to just share all of that. (laughs) 100%. That the world is your therapy, you know, in addition to the professional therapy. (laughs) Yeah, it it is literally true. My therapist always tells me the same thing. She's always like, share your message, share the stories, because it's also a healing process for me, right? The more I talk about it, the more I'm okay with it, because it's life, it's what happened. And and again, it, it, it's, it made me who I am today, but it's also letting me let it go little by little. And even yeah. though my dad passed in 2008, it's been what, like years, it yeah. still feels like just yesterday it happened. And every yeah. time the time, you know, the day passes and we go back to that time frame, I replay it just as if it just happened. And so like, the more I talk about it, the more like I get it off my chest, the easier it is for me to slowly let go and yeah. move on and just really be more empowered about it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, in addition to that, I just want to applaud you for really prioritizing your mental health because as as many of us can relate to, mental health is considered a luxury mm-hmm. in our community and it's almost looked down upon or ridiculed yes. that you're doing it. And, you know, I've definitely have benefited from different types of therapy and support mm-hmm. groups. And I think the only reason why I can do a show like this and be so open and vulnerable with people because I was able to do that kind of background work <laughs> so I could right. be up shadow here. work. Yes. Yeah, shadow yeah. work. Yeah. So I could be up here. So, so Pinky, I just, yeah, I just felt like we needed to slow down for a bit and really Thank just yeah. take in like what you've been through and really applaud you for it. And I do feel that there's going to be a lot of mothers that are really going to resonate with your story. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I have noticed is that I tend to find that if immigrant parents clash with their American children, they tend to kind of reunite again once the American child has children, you know, has yes. once they get grandkids. I, I saw that yeah. in one of my past relationships where my ex-boyfriend at the time, his sister had a very rough relationship mm. with his dad because, or her dad because she was the eldest. But as soon as yeah. she had kids, like he, all of a sudden a completely different guy, just very mm-hmm. cheery and all yeah. about it. And so I'm just happy to hear that, you know, it's your kids that brought you and your mom back together. Yeah. And um, I could also relate to just having that rough relationship with your mom, you know, for a certain season. And it's just so nice, especially because you had experienced the loss of a parent. It's so Mm -hmm. nice to be at a place where you do have a good relationship with the last remaining parent that you have. 100%. Yeah. It also made me appreciate my mom and made me understand because now I'm a mother made me understand what she was trying to do. And it made me really understand like the choices she made and why and how she felt a certain way. And for the longest time, you know, I was a teenager during this time. So I'm like, okay, whatever. You just don't want me to live my life. You know, being a teenager and just like ignoring it. Yeah. But now as a mother, 
and really understanding my culture and my roots, bringing it back to like being a Filipino woman, now understanding yeah. the hardships of she had to leave her family in the Philippines yep. to come yeah. out to America by herself to create mm. this new life for all of them, you know? Yeah. And so like, I, and I didn't take that into consideration, you know, I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. you're fine. You left. So whoop de do like you wanted to do that. You know, me being the bitch mm. that I was back then. <laughs> and now realizing I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't think about you like leaving Nanai and Tatai and then coming mm. out here, leaving your siblings by yourself, yeah. not knowing anybody to like, venge for yourself to create this new life and then realizing like the only reason she gave me like paved me this road was because she never wanted me to struggle the way she did to get the life she has yeah. and it took me having a child to realize as a parent you will do anything and everything you can to shelter and protect them from harm and the world and just to give them that life that they deserve and again, I didn't realize it until after, but again, I'm grateful that we had to go through all that to make me appreciate, really, really appreciate my mom. And now not a day goes by that I don't text her and tell her how much I love her and how thankful I am for her, for guiding me and showing me and teaching me. And I'll, obviously I, there's times I'm still like, I just wish you would have just talked to me, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, get it, sure. you know, for I get sure. it. Like I, I had to realize it and learn for it by myself, which I think made it more, made it that much more special in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. The The last thing or the last person I think we should acknowledge is your husband. And yeah. just like the fact that he stuck around, you know, oh, he's and the best. <laughs> yeah, I think about, you know, one of my relatives, you know, you talked about like how wedlock or having a child out of wedlock is mm -hmm. really looked down upon so much that one of my cousins, he actually had a kid out of wedlock with his girlfriend. And we didn't know about it for almost the first year. Like oh, he kept it a secret. Wow. Like, yeah, no joke. Like his girlfriend, he's never going to listen to the show, but his girlfriend. <laughs> Why here we go. Here, here, here Jen goes again, airing out her dirty laundry. But um, I, do this, I do this quite often. I always tell Nani they're not going to listen. And who knows? <laughs> Even if they do, they don't tell me about it. But anyway, yeah. So it's just, it's so crazy. Like it was, it's so shamed. It's so looked down upon. I have a kid out mm -hmm. of wedlock that my cousin thought he had to do that. He had to keep. Yeah. You know, my yeah. own child. Secret. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's a real issue that for whatever reason, you know, I'm sure we can go back to history and, and what the culture is mm -hmm. like in the Philippines. Right. That mental health or, you know, certain things are just taboo to talk about. So, right. You know, Pinky, you've come a long way and, and we can see that. We can feel that. Thank and you. We just want to thank you so much for taking yeah. the time to share your story. I appreciate you taking the time to Thanks. slow down and really um, acknowledge, again, everything yeah. that you've been through. Because I know for you, it's like you're used to telling your story and you want to get mm -hmm. your message out there and everything. But we do just really want to to applaud you for everything thank you that yeah I, I wanted to piggyback off of what Jen said about my husband just a real quick I wanted to give him like just like a little bit of a limelight because please yeah yeah he <laughs> didn't have to do what he did right he could have yeah. just up and left he could have just let me do my own thing and whatever and I even told him that I said if this becomes too hard for you you just tell me I can do this yeah. by myself but low-key my head I'm like I can't do this by myself please don't leave me but you know like <laughs> yeah. I was just you know like trying to be like I could do this but looking out for him yeah, yeah. He obviously, like, he was working a part-time job, but he was, like, worked nonstop, right? So mm. he stopped doing anything and everything that he was doing so that he could provide for me and my unborn child. Wow. And then 
just climbed up the ladder. And so for years, how long, how long have you been married? Oh my gosh, don't judge me. 12 years, the 12 years that we've been married. He, um, yeah. We, Congrats. The 12, That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. The 12 years that we've been married, he constantly just bit his tongue and he provided, he went to yeah. work. He, I'm the corporate ladder. He's now in a very successful place, which hmm. praise God, you know, but he never fails to tell me like he couldn't have gotten here without me. Like yeah, he feels like that everything that had happened to both of us was a blessing yeah. in disguise because he was also going off like doing like bad things and whatever. And that when all this happened, we were both like, oh shit, we got to reel it in and like <laughs> parents and like nine months, like we, we got to yeah. get our shit together, you know? And so yeah. he put me through school, he, we, he provided and there's wow. days that we stay here. We're like, how the hell did we afford Mm. groceries like how did the hell did we afford how did we do it yeah. for me like how did we do it and a lot of our friends and a lot of people who know hear our story ask like how did you do it on like a like one income like five hundred dollars like how did you do that mm. like mm -hmm. you know and like i'm just really grateful for him because he literally just like clawed and climbed and bit his tongue and just he missed a lot of things he in our kids life out. but he figured it out he was like yeah. he's like i he's like i don't want us to struggle i don't want us to suffer and we never failed to give each other acknowledgement because one hand washed the other i took care of everything on the home front and like being a wife and mother and he took care of everything on the other side yeah but then yeah. he always promised me when we finally got to the point where he needed to be that we could be somewhat comfortable that it was going to be my turn and so now yeah. that's my time which is now yes. he's yeah. pushing me into the limelight he's like mm. go go do you <laughs> you tell me what you need from me like you need to do stuff like i got you so he's i'm very blessed and very grateful that he's that type of person and obviously it it sounds like we're an amazing couple but of course just like every couple we had our oh, ups yeah. and downs and for sure we're married at a really young age we obviously were like can i push you off the grand canyon is that legal because <laughs> you know like we had our ups and downs but we learn and grow together and that's something that we always share with our kids as well that like yeah. our relationship isn't perfect we yell at each other but we're learning and growing together and that's something that right like, and we make the effort to figure it out mm -hmm. together yeah, yeah i love that I mean, you and guys sometimes, have that experience sometimes i'm not glad you i i want to sell them on offer up Man, I'm like, take him. It's fine. I'll give you free Xbox along with it. But I mean, it's it's one of those things. I'm like, you know, and I don't know if you guys, I'm going to randomly plug in something. But if you guys are on TikTok, have you heard of that one? They were like, oh, like, I can take you, man, if I want to. Have you heard of that one? I have not, uh -oh. but I mean, oh, no. it sounds okay. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, there's, like, this sound bite that, like, people are like, I can take your man if I want to. And then somebody edited it and goes, uh, go ahead, take my man. He's married. He's got three kids. You want to be a stepmom? He's got a mortgage. He's got bills. You can take him. And I'm like, that's me. I'm like, take my man. And you can take all of that with you. You don't oh, mean yeah. that. I don't mean it. No, yeah, I don't mean it. But I laugh hysterically when I see it because I'm like, the, the moment. Yeah, you're like, I can relate. Yeah. yeah. For <laughs> sure. Really, yeah. Sorry. I'm um, going to show you my puppy with us. Yeah, for sure. And we'll wrap up. Okay, because I know you got to corral the house. Yeah, this is my oh, he's my quarantine puppy. impulse oh puppy. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Are you fostering or did you adopt him? We adopted him. He, uh, my cousin's dog had a litter. Sorry, my cousin's dog had a litter. And, he's so um, cute. He's a corgi mix. Oh, and um, those are the we, we already have two dogs. And um, with everything that was going on, my kids were struggling mentally with like the switch of everything. Mm, and mm -hmm. we just wanted to bring like a little joy. And yeah. um, my smart ass was like, we should get a puppy. And my husband's like, no, that's like having a newborn child. Like you are insane. And then now we have a puppy. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to your three kids you have three dogs now yes you yes. have a busy busy household my mom came in and she's like you got a puppy I was like yes mother meet your fur grandchild she's like why 
I'm like, I also have two goldfishes, and I almost bought a hedgehog. I don't know what's going on. Oh, with a hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, I, I, at this, and I was trying to convince my husband to get chickens for the backyard. Trust me. Oh my gosh, you this, sound like me. Like, I want a whole zoo in my house, too. Me? I'm like, there's a baby goat that I saw that I wanted. There's a hedgehog. Oh, there's some yes. chickens. Baby dog. I've always wanted a little pig. Funny. I had a pig. Yeah. Oh, see? oh my God. What? <laughs> it would just, like, walk around it. my house. But yeah, sorry to go off topic. That's... My That's zoo okay. right here. I love it. I have. I love. I love all of it. I mean, since we're doing video anyway, people might as well see. Yeah. What we're, what we're the questions fam. about? Yeah, meet the family. So, <laughs> Pinky, thank you so much for just taking thank the time today guys. to chat with us and everything. For people that want to connect with you and hear more of your story and be inspired by you, how can they find you online? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Pink period Guerrero. So pink dot Guerrero, which is my first and last name. I'm also on TikTok now. I feel so <laughs> old saying that. It was a complete accident, but the platform's there. I have it. And then you can also find me on my website at pinky-guerrero.com. Perfect. Uh, well, this was an amazing conversation today and I'm sure our listeners really enjoy it. And if you want to learn more about Pinky, we'll have her contact information in the show notes, which you could find on our new website, <laughs> which is tifaproject.com, which is spelled T-F-A-W as in the Filipino American woman project.com. Pinky, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Yeah. And Nani, thank you for co-hosting with me as always. Thank you. And thank you, Pinky, for joining us today. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye.